Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello and welcome to this episode. Oh, wait a minute. I need to check something. Error. Does my sound sound okay? Yeah, I thought it sounded good. Um, uh, cause I need to check when the speaker goes off in your, in your studio, I can hear an echo off of it, but otherwise I don't hear an echo from you. All right. My input, sometimes the input is too high and I needed to check that because then it crackles. So we're good. Okay, good. <clears throat> Start over again. Hello there and welcome to today's episode of Your Ultimate Life, episode 759, Excited to be here with you today. This is the podcast dedicated to helping you achieve a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy by serving with your divine gifts. Today, I'm blessed to have a guest, Melissa Ross. I'll tell you a little bit more about her in a minute. Melissa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Cullen. You are so welcome, and I'm grateful for what you do. And I'm not going to spoil it a lot. I met you here a while ago and was really excited about the things that you're about in the world and and uh, it's 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 really nice so why don't you first answer a question for me and then we'll get into a little bit of what you do i define creating the ultimate life as living a life of purpose prosperity and joy that you create by serving with your gifts or divine gifts how do you define the ultimate life oh my gosh i love your definition um, but I see your ultimate life as, um, as, um, doing the thing that you're good at, the divine gift that you have. And, and I know some people would see that as making money doing that or, um, turning that into a job, but I see that as anything that is your full purpose. So if your purpose is to be a stay at home mom and giving love to children every day, then that's your ultimate life. If your purpose is to be out there speaking on stages, motivating people, then that's your ultimate life too. So I, I couldn't disagree with that at all. It is using the gifts or gifts and gifts mm -hmm. that you were given to serve. Is that what you would say? Absolutely. I, I love that definition. Just whatever your soul assignment is, whatever <clears throat> gives you joy, whatever gift that you have that you use mm -hmm. to serve the world with. You know, it's interesting that you would say that because uh, people, people that have followed the podcast a little bit know the stories. And if you don't, it's in tightrope of depression. But my wife's name is Joy, and she's with me at now going on 16 years because that was her sole contract. And she says that, you know, when we got together, we didn't even know each other. And it was just go do this. And we both just sort of did. And 16 years later, it turns out to be magic. Anyway, so let's talk a little bit about what you do. Tell me what you do, how you are using your gifts to add good to the world. Yeah. So what I do is I teach children's yoga and I started that in 2014. Um, and I really didn't know at that time what my gift was. At that time, I was working for the federal government and I had just come back after a two and a half year leave, um, 
a sick leave. I had suffered postpartum depression and severe anxiety after my second child. My daughter was born. That was in 2011. And um, when I got back to my job, and I loved my job. I I loved doing what I do. I was good at what I did. Um, I always thought that that was what I was meant to do. I had, you know, found my way there. I thought that it was my purpose. I was meant to do it. And when I went through that healing, when I had that break and went through that healing, I came back a different person. And what I came to know through that healing is that that different person was truly who I was. I was being someone else to be in my marriage, to be in that job. I was being the person that I thought I needed to be or that um, people expected me to be. I wasn't being my true self. And when I found my true self and and re- I went back to that job, I knew that I wasn't making a difference. I wasn't making the difference that I wanted to make. Um, sure, I was probably, you know, writing policy that helped someone somewhere, but I wasn't truly touching people. And I came to really know on that leave that I loved working with kids. I was, um, my, my son had started school. He was in junior kindergarten and I was volunteering in his class. I knew that I loved working with kids and I had already been practicing yoga in my own practice for about 16 years at that time. So I knew that I loved yoga and I found a way to marry those two things. And so in 2014, I started my children's yoga business and, um, and then in 2017, I started coaching families. I found so many kids coming in stressed out at eight years old, telling me they're stressed at school, having anxiety, um, you know, not being able to listen to their bodies, worried about everything, struggling with bullies. And so in 2017, I, I started a coaching business as well. And I started coaching families and, and helping families find, you know, a happier, more peaceful home life together. So one of the things you said when we were chatting ahead of time was um, that the story time yoga in which you use a children's book and you do yoga mixed with that. And we talked about a television show that you have where you use, you know, book pieces and the kids get to see the book and then you, you marry all that with yoga. But you told me that that was just part of what you do, you said one part of your business rise to wellness with the number two. And you also said you do other things. So besides this story time yoga, which is a beautiful marriage of creativity with authors and your passion for kids and yoga, which are all three great, what else do you do? Yeah, I would love to tell you that. But let's touch on story time yoga for a minute too about, uh, I mean, when we're talking about adversity and how we get started with things. Yeah. um, it's incredible how Storytime Yoga was created because Storytime Yoga wasn't always what I was doing back in 2014 when I started my yoga business. I was doing um, full-on classes and I was bringing fun in and I was bringing story in, but I wasn't picking up a storybook in those classes. And um, the pandemic hit in in 2020. And I, I had three teachers working for me. We were running seven to 11 classes a week at two different places in our area and everything got shut down. And I thought, well, what am I going to do to support my clients? What, what am I going to do for them? And, you know, nobody thought that the pandemic was going to go as long as it did. And so my daughter and I started running classes free on social media. Um, we ran them on Facebook, Instagram, and they went to our YouTube channel as well. And my daughter was actually really sick for the first three months of pandemic. And we were in full isolation for those three months. Um, and my kids were both in online learning. And I was here by myself, single mom. And um, I wasn't allowed to reach out for help. We were in isolation. So I thought, how am I going to support us 
and support all of my clients at the same time and, you know, find the time to lesson plan while I'm also working from home and helping them with schooling, which was really stressful at the beginning. And so I picked up a storybook and I just thought, okay, I'm just going to read this storybook and see what happens. And I took all of the elements from our classes that we normally run and I added them to reading the storybook and we just became a part of the story. And, and that's all, all it was about at first. And, and, you know, it's changed over time to where we actually take the lesson out of the story. We do I am affirmations. We really anchor in the lesson that we're learning in the story. We visualize the story for the kids and really help them connect with the story. But right at the beginning, that first one was just like, how do we find, how, how do we get fun infused into this, into this free class? And it was by picking up the story and, and doing the yoga and becoming a part of the story. And really affirming that we can be those things that we're learning about in the story. We can be kind. We can be healthy. We can be a good friend. We can be anything that, that we're learning about in the story. And, and so that's, that was really cool. And so Storytime Yoga began and, and, and then it, it's now a TV show. Um, and that's just one facet of Rise to Wellness. The second facet of Rise to Wellness is my life coaching. Um, the coaching that I do with families to help them find strategies that work at home to help them move through life in in a positive, beautiful way to look at how they're being, how they can use those strategies together. And, you know, a lot of that is, is, is talking to parents as well and helping parents through, you know, finding the time, finding the time to take that self-care for themselves and finding ways to bring the kids into that and involve the whole family in that. And, and once we find the time to find that self-care for ourselves and really bring ourselves to a calm place, then we can be calmer parents and really understand our kids more and, and help our kids through. So it's a big cycle. Um, and it's really a lot of work with the parents as, as well as the kids. And, and then um, the third facet there is um, is other projects that I'm moving into. One was the TV show moving into that and it just kind of married with the yoga. But the second is, um, is storybooks that I'm writing. Um, I'm writing them with my son. Um, they, are, they are children's books. And it's funny, before I even started Storytime Yoga, my son and I were already writing our children's books. And, and so I, I love how it all comes together and it, and it, it, it's all just one big circle and it all marries together perfectly. Um, you know, I may look at some retreats in the future. Um, I know for sure with Storytime Yoga, um, we're going to be doing some live events and, um, and, you know, having some, um, meet and greets and, and some coaching on the side with all of the live events and, and moving forward to get really the message across to everyone. And, and the message of Storytime Yoga is, um, you are just love exactly how you are, exactly perfectly how you are, your love unconditionally. So there's some really interesting, you said a lot and that's good. And, and it sparked some questions, not some, well, observations and questions, I guess. One of the observations that you said a bit ago was about affirming and teaching the kids that they can be what you're, you're reading about. So, yeah. so, so connecting. And what I, what occurred to me is <clears throat> when you're doing yoga or any stretching and breathing exercise, when you're doing that sort of thing, you put your body and your mind in a particular state. And that's good, and that's the intention of yoga. And combining the affirmation of your worth and the principle that you're teaching from the story while you're in that receptive state is a very effective marriage to help people understand, the kids uh, to understand 
like only kids do, that sort of mixture of mental and visceral understanding to, to have those things. So that was the first thought. I think that's a very elegant marriage of, of the conditioning of mind and body to understand that and then combining it with that. So that was the first thing I observed, and I thought that was really cool. Thank you so much. And I love how, you know, we can teach them to listen to their bodies through that too. Like we really, we do that in the relaxation. We do a full body scan and, and we move into our bodies. We relax our bodies. We listen to them. We feel what the breath feels like. Um, we feel what our body feels like as it's letting go. And then we anchor that in. We, we have those affirmations and we anchor in the message that we just bounced around and had fun to really put our body in a relaxed state. And gosh, if somebody had taught me that as a child, you know, some of the things that I went through as an adult may not have been so harsh. And it, I may not have called it such a big adversity because I would have had those tools as a child, right? You know, I'm going to just be bold and say something. And I think you're going to agree. Maybe you throw something at me. I don't know. But <laughs> he, here's, you know, the the postpartum depression that you had and the break and the realization that you were someone else and you'd been living up to a set of expectations that were external, even though you thought this, you had, you had talked yourself into the idea, this is who I'm supposed to be, therefore I'm doing good. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> you discovered that it wasn't true. And the only way you were able to discover that it wasn't true is to wade through deep water or march through the desert or whatever that allegory or you know comparison you want to use. So then was that even a challenge or a struggle in the end? Yeah, what a great question. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it felt like a challenge and a struggle at the time, right? Uh, yeah, but I when said in, in the it. end, yeah. in the end, is <laughs> that a challenge? End, it's not. It's it's a blessing. In the end, it's a blessing. And I say that for, I, I, you know, everybody asked me, if you, if you could go back in time, would you take that away? And I would never take away any of my experience. They they were all blessings in disguise. So no, it, and in the end, it was a complete blessing. But when you're in it, when you're deep in it, and you don't, and you don't have the tools and the strategies to get through it, and you don't know what you're doing, um, gosh, it feels pretty heavy. Yeah. So let's, let's go with that, because this is going to be something that you probably already do with the kids and you certainly do with the parents. The key is when you don't know this and you go through stuff, it feels hard. That hardness forces you either to crumble and die or you learn the tools and then you change and you come out the other side and say, no, I wouldn't change any of that. It was all a blessing. Mm-hmm. So, that if you'd had the tools to start with, then whatever happened would, you know, your attitude toward it would have been like it is now when you have an adversity. It's just a thing that's happening and I have to figure out what to do with it instead of why is this happening to me? Oh, no, that kind of thing. And and so yeah. that is, is do you consciously do that with the kids too, where you te- say, well, I'm teaching you a tool and this is what you do when you have these stressful moments, these anxiety, these feelings that an eight-year-old shouldn't have anyway, but they do. Is that what you do with them? Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it, it changes your perspective. It moves you out of a, a place of victimhood. And, and just like you said, of it happening to you, it, it moves you into a place of knowing how to get through it and, and moving through it in a positive way and, and 
not being a victim about it, like your language changes, the, 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 you get through it with more grace. Um, you get through it in a way where I, I don't want to say it's not harmful to your body, but I mean, all stress is harmful to our body, but like I can get through something without having a panic attack about it because I'm aware of it and I know the tools to get through it. And I have a positive mindset about it where someone else might have a panic attack and their body suffers from it and, and they go into a different state, right? So we create by teaching these strategies, by teaching a positive way to get through things, by teaching the mindset, we create a, a, a safe way, a positive way to move through any adversity that might hit you. And I'll tell you, the kids learn it just by just by emulating it. And they intuitively know how to use their strategies. I once, uh, my, my daughter's been doing yoga since she was three years old, because obviously I, I was doing that and moving through those strategies just after she was born. Um, and I once watched her, she was about five, six years old and she choked on food at the table. And I, I watched her do it. I asked her if she was okay. She was still breathing fine. It was all good. And and she said, I, I just need a minute, mommy. And she crossed her legs right there at the table. And she put her fingertips together like this, like it, like she was meditating. And she just closed her eyes and she took a few deep breaths and she opened her eyes and she said, I, I'm good now. And it was almost like she just intuitively knew I have that strategy that I can just sit here and breathe and calm myself and check in to make sure I'm really okay. And she just did it without being prompted. And, and we're teaching them that they can check in with their body, that they can understand their body, that they can know their body. There's so many adults walking around that and I've had people say to me, you know, your body so well. Well, yeah, uh, it's important. It's, it's imperative that I know my body that well, because I can check in and know how I'm doing. And when I'm not doing well, know how to fix it. So there's several things that I want to repeat, not because you didn't say them well, but because I want to put an underline. And, and that is adversity isn't adversity. I don't care who you are, where you've been, or what it seems like. If it feels like adversity, what if you just think that maybe it is, one, something for your learning, because this experience that we're having here is spiritual beings having a physical experience. This experience isn't designed to be easy or fun. It's designed to cause us to grow. So whatever's going on, understand it's not really adversity. It's an opportunity to grow. And you may not have the tools right now, and it feels like it sucks, but it, then the answer is not to get mad, but to look for the tools. Mm -hmm. So that was the first thing that I heard you saying. When you get out the other side, you wouldn't change anything. And I'm not going to say any of my story here, but you know some of it. And I wouldn't change anything either. And sometimes people don't believe that, even you know some of the things that have happened. But I, I wouldn't either. I'm 100% there with you. And the second thing, so that's the first thing. Nothing's, everything happens for you. And I know mm -hmm. you've heard that in woo-woo land both you, me, and the people watching, <clears throat> but it's the truth. And if you say, you know, if this is happening for me, what is the gift? What can I learn and where can I find the tool to manage this? Or better yet, learn from it instead of just suffer through it. And you use the word grace. And my dad, I heard my dad once say, we're not just going to get through it. We're going to get through it in grand style. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so anyway, so the second thing you said was about kids. And this is kind of what I was referring to earlier. Kids don't have the barriers to truth that we develop. We invent barriers to truth, and kids don't do that because they're in connection to their spirit, their true essence, until we beat it out of them. And so with our society, I don't mean violence, yeah. but maybe emotional violence. And, and because they are, they can 
experiment freely and they don't feel bad about it or weird or anything else. They just do stuff and then they see what it does. And so that's that beautiful marriage of teaching the body, teaching the principles, putting them in state to learn well and, and then affirming that process. And when they're young like that, it is such a precious thing. That's one of the reasons I love so much what you're doing and who you're working with because the world is full of busted people, many of whom are parents, and busted parents create busted kids unless they don't, and they do something. Yeah, Yeah, we're teaching those barriers to our kids, right? And it's up to our kids to break that cycle. And and I use that word, those words with my own kids. I I point things out to my own kids and say, look, this is this is where my barriers have been. This these are where this is how I grew up. This is what I learned. And I'm breaking through that. And and I'm trying not to pass that along to you. I don't want to teach those things to you. Um, and gosh, I, it brings me on to the, the word unconditional love. If you ever ask me who I truly am, I would say I am unconditional love and kindness. Um, but I've really had to dive deep into what is unconditional love. And, and when I teach that to my children and show my children what unconditional love is, my old stories still come up from when I was a child. And and I say to my children, I'm breaking through that so that I show you what truly unconditional love is, um, what that truly means so that I can love you and allow you to be who you were meant to be, not who I think you should be and parent you in that way. And and yeah, it's it's really up to us as parents and also the kids to to break through, break free of that. One of the things that comes up for me right now is you're talking about doing this to your kids, being unconditional love for them, modeling that, and doing it even verbally where you're describing it. And the foundation for all that is a fundamental truth that lots of people disagree with, and that is you can't love anybody else more than you love yourself. You may go through the motions and do things that you think demonstrates love, but it's not real, and we can have an argument later not on this show. Not you, but whoever's watching it that thinks I'm crazy. But my question for you, Melissa, is I love the way you said, if I had to say who I am, core, I'm unconditional love, and you added a couple of other words. Do you go to the mirror every morning and unconditionally love yourself, remind yourself, are you doing for you what you do for the kids. I, I don't do it in a mirror every morning, but I'll tell you something that um, I, I do mm-hmm. have affirmations that I say every night before bed. I have affirmations mm-hmm. that I say mm-hmm. every morning. They're on a cue card beside my bed, so I don't do it in the mirror. Um, I, I have done the mirror exercises, but something else that we also do every morning, and, and I've been doing this with my kids for since about 2016, 2016, I believe. We actually have a big cardboard at our front door. And on one side, it has a bunch of affirmations. And it started with, um, uh, I am calm, I am peaceful. And six years ago, that's what it started with. And we would say that every day. And then we would scream from the top of our lungs, today is going to be a great day. And I started that because I was in such woe at the chaos that was happening in the morning while the three of us were trying to get out the door. I was a, I was a newly single mother. And, and there was such chaos. And I thought, if I tell them they're peaceful and calm, then maybe they will be. And I had such um, great effect by us all affirming that every morning 
that's really where our journey with I am affirmation started and where it continued. And then I allowed the kids to add in their own affirmations. And so every morning before my kids go out the door, we say the list of affirmations. And if they're not willing, my, my daughter, she's 11 now. So sometimes she's not willing to say all of the affirmations. I ask her just to pick one. Just pick one thing today that you're affirming and she'll give me one. Usually it's I am ready or I am calm um, before she goes out. But then we scream today is going to be a great day. So we don't necessarily do that in the mirror, but I do that for myself in the morning and at night. And then I do that with my kids before they leave, that they will affirm something before they leave the house, whatever it is for the day. So, yeah, the mirror is just a tool and it causes us to look at ourselves deeply. Yeah. But there, that certainly isn't the only way to do it. The point that I was trying to make, and I figured, like this wasn't scripted, I figured you were going to say say yes, but the, the key, <laughs> the, the key to this working, I know you know this, I'm, I guess I'm asking, I believe the key to this working is intentionally developing the love, the compassion, the forgiveness for others that have inflicted their stuff on you so that you had the pile of barriers to break through, all of those things, that personal work, otherwise we are just saying, do as I say, not as I do. And the truth of that whole forgiveness, I believe, is what gives power to the work that you do with your kids and parents that I do with clients. Do you believe that's true or am I making up? Oh, absolutely. I do. And and that personal work, <laughs> I, I call that my being, who am I being? Right. And, mm -hmm. and I delve to this day, I still delve into who I'm being in my interactions with myself, with other people, um, in my forgiveness towards other people in, you know, how I react to other people and, and their way towards me. Um, I, um, I continually work on my being and, and how that affects my own, my inner self and, and the way I interact with other people. So that's wonderful. And that's what I expected. And that's what I think too, my own experience is learning how to be. And the thing that makes me know this life was designed for us and not to us is none of us got a manual, but we're all really yearning in our spirit to have, to be on that quest to be love and to be loved, to serve and to be willing to accept graciously the service and connection and kindness of others around us. So if somebody wants to find your stuff on YouTube or your website or some of the programs or things that you're doing, tell me where they go and what they should expect. Yeah, I can, they can find me um, with Breathe With Me Yoga or Rise to Wellness with the number two uh, across all of social media, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Twitter, all of those places. Um, if you go to melissaross.yoga, everything is linked there on melissaross.yoga. You can link to all of my social media. You can link to my YouTube channel to see episodes um, of Storytime Yoga. You can link to all of the other uh, platforms that Storytime Yoga is on. Uh, it'll link to my coaching as well. So melissaross.yoga and then breathe with me yoga and rise to wellness across socials breathe with me yoga i love that rise to wellness i didn't know about rise to wellness until we were talking before the show i knew your story time yeah. stuff so here's the thing i want to invite people that are watching to do because when i ask that question of melissa and also of other guests they quickly rattle off a bunch of urls websites and 
YouTube channels and handles and everything else. And you know what? That won't do you any good at all unless you actually go there. And you actually slow down for a minute and say, am I really satisfied with my life? Am I happy? Or would it really serve me? Can I love myself a little more by checking out one of Melissa's videos and watching how she interacts with the kids and how she teaches that? And could I imagine doing that maybe with myself or with a friend or with my own children? So I just wanted to make sure that even though she rattled all that stuff off, it won't <laughs> matter unless you say, you know, I could use that. It might make me happier. And I might be able to walk out my door and say, I am calm. I am honesty. I am my word. And then scream at the top of your lungs, it's going to be a great day or make it a great day or whatever you want. So, Melissa, if you had to leave me, if I was there with you and you were just wanting to give me something that I could take away and think about, uh, what would you tell me? Oh, I love this question because, you know, that just gave me chills because I came across something. I always say I am unconditional love and kindness. And I always tell the kids in my classes, um, we end classes with namaste. I feel good in every way. The goodness in me sees the goodness in all of you. And I always make sure that they know that they're unconditionally loved just as they are. But I came across something from a mentor of mine, Steve Hardison, um, his son was interviewed and his son said that Steve Hardison told his children every single day, there's nothing you need to be. There's nothing you need to do for me to love you. And I started saying that to my children. I wrote it on a sticky note and I taped it to their bed bedposts. And I started saying to that to them every night. And I say that to everybody I meet because it's not just for my children. It's for everybody I meet. I truly am unconditional love and kindness. And I say to, to you, Kellen, and I say to everybody listening, there's nothing you need to be. There's nothing you need to do for me to love you. And what I hope is that each of you listening understand that that's truth. Because so often on these kinds of things, people talk about self-help and elevating consciousness. I had an interview last night on my LA Talk radio show. Somebody was talking about elevating consciousness. You hear all this stuff all the time. And the truth is you're a divine being and that you don't have anything to prove to me, to Melissa or anyone else because you were given gifts and talents when you mm -hmm. came and what you make out of those is what you're going to take back to your creator. And that's between you and the creator and that's it. Melissa, I want to thank you for being with me today and for sharing your heart with our guests. Thank you so much for having me, Colin. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. I want to urge you, all of you, to listen a couple of times. Melissa's thoughts and spirit are open, clear, obvious, and truth carries its own power. It needs no embellishment. It needs no noise. And what she has shared with you today is truth. And if you make a choice to allow it to move your spirit, move your heart, and change your actions, you'll be able to move forward and create your ultimate life. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart.